Well, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I am so glad that you are here today. Wasn't sure how many would actually show up for today, but glad to see each and every one of you. And uh, thanks to Barb and the worship team for uh, leading us in worship today. You know, Barb was contacting me through the week and asking me what I was preaching on, and I was giving her some ideas. And I just love how the Holy Spirit just puts things together and uh, puts the songs together with the sermon, and it's just it's wonderful for me to, to see how he does that. So thank you for leading us in worship today. Well, here we are. It's another year, start of another year, January 1st. 2023. And, uh, you know, good for you guys for being here. First day of the year, you're in church. That's good. It's good to see you. If I asked you what you thought the top resolutions that people make at the new year would be, you could probably guess which ones they are pretty easily, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Exercise more, lose weight, save more money, spend more time with family and friends, learn a new hobby or skill. And those are all good. There's nothing wrong with those. Those are good sort of resolutions that people make at the start of a new year. And this is a time of the year when we look back at the last year, but we also look ahead. We look ahead and we, we wonder, We think about the 365 days that are before us. What's going to happen? What is this next year going to hold? I remember as a a young boy in the church I grew up in in Alberta, and we used to hold what we called a watch night service. Some of you might remember that. And uh, I was in a, in a small church, a church family, about 150, 200 people. Good majority of the church family would come together to celebrate the ringing in of a, of a new year. And we would sometimes start the evening by going to the local arena and doing some skating. And then we'd go back to the church and have a big potluck. And we'd be in the church basement and Maybe some games would be played, and and the adults would play their games, and the young people would play their games. And then about 11.30, we'd all head up to the sanctuary, and it would be a time of singing a few songs, of silent meditation, of personally committing the new year to the Lord, and then congregational praying over the new year. And different people would get up and pray, and we'd pray through midnight, and bring in the new year. And it really was a powerful time. It made me stop, even as a young person, and think about the year ahead of me. But it also made me reflect on the past 365 days that had just concluded. So now we embark on a new year. Just think back on 2022 for just a minute here. Did you have some moments of joy? Some unexpected trials? Were there happy moments? Were there painful moments? Were there occasions that you were thankful for? 
Were there moments when there was great concern? How did you handle those? You see, we didn't know what last year would hold on January 1st, 2022. And for that matter, we don't know what any year will, any year will hold. So with 2023 upon us, it's a mystery for us. Sure, we might have some plans. We might have some expectations, some events that we're really looking forward to. But we don't know with 100% certainty that they will actually happen. Will 2023 be a happy year? Or will it be one when we experience some very hard trials and hardships? So how can we navigate through these next 12 months with not knowing with certainty what it's going to bring? Well, I want to take these next few moments I have with you as we launch into this new year of 2023 and get our hearts and minds thinking about these 365 days ahead of us. I want to take you to a passage of scripture from Joshua, but uh, first let me provide you with some background. The nation of, of uh, Israel has just, just about entered the land, the promised land that the Lord is about to give them. Their great leader Moses has died, and now a young energetic warrior has taken over. His name is Joshua. And in this first chapter of Joshua, the Lord speaks to him, and it's kind of like the Lord kind of sits him down, and he tells him a few things, but it wasn't a casual conversation. They weren't talking about the weather or the latest scores in the hockey game. God was providing with Joshua commands. So let me read through these first nine verses of this chapter, and if you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me. Joshua chapter 1, I want to read those first nine verses for you. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall call this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the, all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There are a lot of great truths in these verses. And a lot of ways that I could have gone with this passage. 
There are a lot of verses that I could have just expounded on in the first seven verses of this chapter. And the Lord tells him some very important details in, this, in these first seven verses. I'm not going to go into great detail, but here God told, him, God told Joshua that he would have the land. From the wilderness to the Euphrates to the great sea. And he says in verse 5 that he will be a mighty warrior. No one will be able to stand before you. There are assurances from God, and there are instructions for how he needs to conduct his life. And then he gives him these words in verses 8 and 9, and these are the words I want to focus on this morning. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There are a lot of commands, instructions that the Lord gives Joshua that comes out of these two verses. And I just want to highlight four of them this morning. Four great truths that we can build into our lives, that will help us as we navigate through these next 365 days that are before us, for whatever may come our way. The first truth we see in these two verses is God telling Joshua to not let the book of the law depart from his mouth. This book of the law was what Moses had left for Israel, namely the Mosaic law, which the nation of Israel regarded as the authoritative word of God. And the Lord commanded Joshua as he was on the precipice of entering the promised land that he was not to let this word depart from his mouth. It's interesting that the Lord tells him not to let it depart from his mouth. <laughs> you might think, why didn't he say, don't let it depart from your heart? Or why don't you let it, why, don't let it depart from your mind or your soul? But he says to, to Joshua, don't let it depart from your mouth. So how was he not to let these words depart from his mouth? Well, there are a couple of ways he could do this. The first comes from this phrase, from your mouth. And it refers to the custom of muttering while reflecting or studying. So as Joshua read these words, he was to be whispering it. Speaking these, speaking these words out loud, repeating it over and over, refreshing his memory with it. But the second way he was not to let these words depart from his mouth was to meditate on it, as we find in verse 8. And that meant to let it sink deep in his heart and into his mind so that he could personally be guided by it, but also to guide this nation that he was now in charge of. Now, this whole idea of meditation is something that, in my mind, the world has wrong these days. In today's thinking, meditation means to empty your thoughts, to clear out your mind, to concentrate on basically nothing. But when the Bible says to meditate, it means that we should be filling our minds with its words that we should be letting the truth of it sink into our hearts and our soul. When he was continually doing these things, when Joshua was continually doing these things, it meant that he would be constantly thinking about it. For those of us here today, we can look at these words and say, don't let the words of the Bible depart from you. 
This is important. When God's word is being spoken or read or opened up, we can't gloss over these words. These are words of life for us, or they should be. How important are these words? Well, here are just two verses that speak of the importance of Scripture for our lives. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. That should be enough for us right there. That should be enough for us to go, I can't let the words, the words of the Bible depart from me. I can't let the words ever leave me because it's inspired. It's the word of God. And then it says, and this is the reason that we should meditate on it as we continue on in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And then it gives you a reason why, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That is the effect that it will have on you and me when we meditate on God's word, when we don't let the word of God depart from us. The word of God is what should give us our breath every morning and carry us through the day. I want you to think back over this last year of 2022. How many times did you read God's word in the 365 days that you were given? Did you mean to read God's word a lot more last year, but never quite got to it? So how can you make sure it doesn't depart from you? First of all, read it. Read God's word. Secondly, we see in these verses from Joshua, meditate on it. And that means letting the words of God mull around in our heart and in our mind. Here's an example of how you do this. You pick up your Bible in the morning and Maybe you're following a reading plan or you have a certain way that you want to read the Bible. But you you look for a specific verse or some verses that stick out to you. And you read that passage over again and over again and see if something comes out. And trust me, if you do this, the Holy Spirit is going to show you something as you read over these verses for the day. Then take whatever that is and think about those words all day. Let's say, for instance, you're reading through Mark chapter 6, and you come across these words, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And you're thinking about these words, and you begin to to meditate on them. You You begin to think about them. You begin to ponder those words, and you ask, what does it mean to deny myself? What does it mean to take up my cross? What does it mean to follow Christ? And you're thinking about these words all day. That is one of the ways that we can meditate on Scripture. That is how we don't let the words of the Bible depart from us. They are constantly on the forefront of our thoughts and on our mind all day. And then the next day, we do the same with another portion of Scripture. 
You see, it's not rocket science. This isn't rocket science. But how many of us actually do it? I suppose we all have our excuses. You could say, well, I'm in a rush in the morning. I have things I need to get done. I can't find time during the day. I have lots to think about at work. How am I supposed to meditate on Scripture when I have to work? And my job's very busy and I just can't do this. And I say to you, figure it out. Figure it out. You're smart people. Figure out how you're going to read the Bible each day. Figure out how you're going to meditate on it each day. I think if anyone could have been excused, it could have been Joshua. He had a whole nation that he was now in charge of. He had a land that was before him that he needed to rally the troops and conquer. He had to to help that nation of Israel know that this time entering the promised land was going to be different than the previous generation. He had some really good excuses for not meditating on God's law every day. I don't think our excuses actually can come anywhere close to that. And God says to him, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. See, whatever we have going on in our world, we cannot neglect the one thing we need the most, the word of God in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. It is the word of God that will carry us through this year ahead for whatever we have, for whatever these next 365 days hold. The second truth that we find that the Lord told Joshua in these verses is to be careful. Be careful. Careful in what? Careful in crossing the Jordan River? Careful in capturing the city of Jericho? Careful in possessing the land? No, God tells Joshua that he needs to be careful to do all that is written in the law. He tells Joshua that he needs to have these words always upon his lips, his heart, his mind, and then he says, you actually need to follow it. (laughs) He didn't really give Joshua an option here. He didn't say, okay, Joshua, here is my instruction to you. Now you just go and you try to do the ones that are easy for you. He didn't do that. He didn't say to Joshua, okay, Joshua, here is my instruction Here's my instruction to you. You just try to do the ones that fit into the culture that exists around you in this new territory, this new land that you're going to go into and possess. He didn't say that. He didn't say to him, Joshua, here is my law. Here is my commands. Now, you just do the ones that fit into your lifestyle. He didn't say that. He said in verse 8, you may be careful to do all that is written in it. It is amazing that Joshua not only meditated on what the words of the law had to say, but he was also careful in obeying the instruction the Lord had for him for each day, each situation that he was in. Just in these first few chapters of this book, we see that he followed. He followed the instructions for how to cross the Jordan. He obeyed God in how to defeat the city of Jericho. When, even though it was in such an unorthodox way, 
He followed the instruction on what they could take or not take as spoils from that city. And when Achan took something from that city that he shouldn't have, again, Joshua followed God's command in how to deal with it. As we head into this new year, we need to hear these two words, be careful. God is not telling us to be careful like we would say be careful to our young teenager who just got their license and is going out with the vehicle for the first time on their own. God is telling us we need to be careful that we are not just reading his word, but following it. One of the main ways that God speaks to us is through his word. And we need to be careful to see what he is saying. We need to be obedient to it. And that means we need to be reading the Bible and making sure we are in places where we can hear and learn and study the Bible, not just on our own, but together as a church family. And we have many ministries set up for you to get involved with that, help, that can help you with that, that revolve around God's Word, of understanding what God's Word says and then following it. We have life groups. We have TLC women's ministries on Wednesday morning and Monday evenings. For you seniors, we have a Bible study on Tuesday. We have the gathering on Thursdays. These are places where you can learn and grow and see what God has to say and understand how to obey it. We need to be careful with our lives, with our hearts, so that we will follow all that God is directing us in. As we begin this new year, these are such timely words for us, for all of us to hear and how we need to be careful that we are obeying the words of the Lord. There's another great truth that we see in this passage that God gave to Joshua and that we can hold on to for 2023, and that is to be strong and courageous. If you look back over these nine verses, you see these words time and time again. Verse six, be strong and courageous. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Verse nine, be strong and courageous. And if we go to the end of this chapter, in verse 18, only be strong and courageous. I like how one commentator noted that the recurrence of these words is almost like a refrain of a song. God was calling Joshua to go into this land and do a very daring and dangerous thing. He was calling on Joshua to recapture a land that was filled with large groups of menacing, more powerful nations than what he was in charge of. He was calling on Joshua to fight nations that were in all probability probability more prepared for battle than the Israelites were. Joshua was going into a new territory where he knew the enemy had strong fortresses that they lived in. They had mighty men of strength and valor. There was every reason from a human standpoint to be afraid and to want to turn back like his, the previous generation did and just go into the desert and set things up there. Think Joshua had some fear? Think Joshua had some anxiety in his heart? I, I think so. I think he might have. Our text doesn't tell us that, 
But the fact that God had to repeat the same words to him four times over may indicate maybe Joshua had some reservation. Maybe he was just a little bit scared, not feeling he was really on top of things. I look around the world today, see all the turmoil, all the strife, all the political, social upheaval that we have going on. It can be a very frightening thing in our lives. We live in some very strange and unsettling times as far as the world goes. And then we can think about our own situation. Our strength can fail us. Our health could become a real issue in 2023. We might suffer the loss of a loved one. Our jobs can be in jeopardy. Maybe we won't be able to afford our mortgage payments. There are a million things that I could mention that could make us frightened and worried and anxious and dismayed. But God says to us, just as he said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Timely words. Timely words as we come into 2023. We need to heed these words to be strong and courageous in Jesus. Don't look for the self-help. Don't look inside yourself for that inner strength that you possess, that you can do whatever you put your mind to. No, the only person we need to look to is God. He will be the one to bring you through it all. All through our lives, we've had those moments and we continue to have those moments when we need to be strong and courageous. But again, not strong and courageous in ourselves, strong and courageous in the things of the world. Not strong and courageous in the things of the world, but strong and courageous in Christ. Let us remember these words the Lord had for Joshua as an example for us to follow and heed to. There is one final truth that we can build into our lives in this next year that is so important that we find in these verses, and that is often repeated throughout Scripture, and that is, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Notice in verse 5, God says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then God ends with these words, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God knew exactly what Joshua needed to hear. God is reiterating to Joshua that just as he was with Moses, God will be with him. He is saying to him, the same God that you saw Moses interact with is the same God here for you, Joshua. Don't ever doubt that. Can you imagine how that made Joshua feel? Can you imagine the confidence that would have given him? All that he had seen with Moses, all the time that he had spent with Moses, From the time they were in Egypt, from the ten plagues, the fleeing from Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the pillar of fire by day and the pillar of 
of a pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. All the events that happened in the desert for 40 years, and God says to him, just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. We've just come through this Christmas season. We've celebrated the birth of our Savior, Emmanuel, which means... Good, some of you got that. Let's try that again. Everybody, God with us. Say it one more time. God with us. Ha, isn't that comforting words? Emmanuel, God with us. Just let that truth sink in for a second here. God is with you. (laughs) And he's with you. And he's with you, and he's with you. The same God that was with Moses, and Joshua, and David, and Daniel, and Jeremiah, and Peter, and James, and John, and Paul, just to name a few, is the same God that is with us. Jesus is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8 tells us. Eventually, Jude will get to that passage in 2023. The same God who said these words to Joshua is the same God who says these words to us. The same God who said to Jacob, I will be with you. The same God who said to the disciples in Matthew 28, just before his ascension, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. The same God who said, I will never leave you or forsake you, is the same God who says to you and me, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you need those words today? Do you need to let the truth of that sink deep into your heart? As you look at the next year ahead of us, those words should be very, very comforting to us as followers of Christ. As I mentioned, we don't know what the next 12 months are going to bring. We can guess there will be times of joy and laughter but also times of sadness and deep concern. We don't know when those days will come, but here is what we can know. Through each month and each week and each day and each step of the way, Jesus is right with us. He's right there beside us. So, as we embark on this new year with all of these 364 and a half days ahead of us, let us make sure the words of the Bible will not depart from us. Let us be careful to follow God and what he says in his word. Let us be strong and courageous neither frightened or dismayed at whatever may come at us. 
And let us rest in the promise that he is always with us. Let's pray. Lord, these are just such timely words that we need to be reminded of. I thank you for this passage of Scripture. I thank you for these words, these words you gave to Joshua. I thank you for the way that we today can still hear them and can still follow them and how they encourage us, how they challenge us, how they motivate us. Lord, I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit as he works in the hearts and the minds of the people here today. And Lord, I pray that over these next 365 days, that these truths would come back to us for whatever time we need them and in whatever situation we need them. Lord, I pray that we would be diligent to read your word, that we would meditate on it to let it sink deep into our hearts, that we would be careful, be careful to do that. Lord, I pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would continue to help us to be strong and courageous and to always know that you are with us. So, Lord, I pray that for these people, upon these people, I pray, I pray that you by your Holy Spirit, would continue to guide and direct our hearts through this year ahead. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.